This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to the Awful and Awesome Entertainment Wrap. Hello, hello. This is the Awful and Awesome Entertainment Wrap, episode 71. And this is Rajeshree Sen and with me is... Abhinandan Sekri. Glad to be back. I must say, Rajeshree Sen, yes. compliments to you. Last week, no one got the answer. I mean, no one got the answer right to last week's question. So, you can stay tuned to know what the answer is. Not yeah. one correct answer. I'm very pleased, I must. <laughs> I like it when people if don't it know. If possible, honey. you're even more full of yourself now. What to do? I'm Bengali, that's the other problem, no? Right. So, we have quite interesting stuff to discuss this time. We have a really cool film. Razi, which everyone's been waiting for it to be released. We also have an exclusive interview with the director, Meghna Gulzar, director and co-writer of the film. So you can listen into that. Yes. Where she weighs in on her other filmmaker colleagues like MSG. Uh, Aha. What's his name? Contemporaries. Uh, her contemporaries. contemporary filmmaker who's in jail. Ah, Guru. Uh, Gurmeet Ramran. Yeah. So I asked her about, you know, because they were shooting at the same time in... Kashmir. Uh, in in, uh, in Punjab. Except he was uh, shooting in the sense that his... Follows a shooting people. Yeah, so the, the perfume, oh, oh, and nice. she was there shooting. Well a film. done. And then we have a chef who's also uh, an author, and he's also a filmmaker. Everything he is. He is everything. I just hope he's a chef also. That I've always been a little suspicious of. But also anyway, it was Mother's Day, so every brand decided to make a few yeah, ads. Very touching, touching ads. Absolutely. So we will tell you about those. And there was a wedding. And everyone knew about it because everybody was posting videos of themselves dancing at that wedding. Yeah, that wedding and another two weddings. One two, was one an engagement. Was engagement. One was the Ambani engagement. Yeah. And the other was the Kapoor wedding. The Kapoor wedding. So we were part of the wedding because there were so many videos at our own weddings. No one has taken so many videos. So what do you want to start with? Let's start with an interview of the filmmaker of Razi, the, the director, yeah. Meena Gulzar. Uh, Full disclosure, she's an old friend and I actually assisted her on her first film, Philhal. So you should filter out for bias and me being agreeable that maybe I wouldn't... So I had really liked Philhal, I want you to know this. Okay, I'm you're one of the few. Yeah, that's what I've been told. Even Meghna had said it, I think, when I told her that I really liked Philhal. She, she looks surprised. surprised. So, so we will talk about <laughs> Razi, but here's Meghna about Razi about filmmaking, about MSG and about nepotism. So I have with me Meghna Gulzar, the director and writer of Razi, a film that has got rave reviews. The background noise I would like to apologize for, we're in a restaurant because she's very hungry. <laughs> so we've come to eat here. Meghna, first of all, congratulations on the film. Is it overwhelming, the kind of uh, you know positive reviews you've received across the board? or? Now they don't matter. What is your take? No, they'll never not matter. Because you're creating something to put out there for the people to opine on. And so that opinion will always be relevant and important. So yes, it is overwhelming because um, the reviews have been... There's been complete approval across the board, barring one or two here or there. The the numbers, the way the film is performing at the theatres are steadily growing so there's word of mouth, so there's an acceptance from the people and then you come across messages which people are sending and forwarding which says we were watching it in this theatre the audience stood up and clapped at the end we were watching it here the audience stood up and clapped you know, that is my biggest payoff so how the audience reacts yes, and no, and the point is they are completely it's not accepted they are owning the film now 
you know it's that internalization of the film when an audience does that where you it is a big expression of acceptance okay uh, i'll just tease a few things um, I, i'll be asking megna about one of her shoot schedules got cancelled because of baba dera sacha sauda uh, riots broke out in gurmeet singh gurmeet singh's uh, conviction happened the day she was supposed to shoot in haryana but uh, we'll get to that later this is a question about the politics of cinema and generally now your film is a very uh, uh, nuanced and sensitive take at the human angle of battle it it's not a war film as in the people dying on the battlefield but there is that human element at any stage and and there is a certain um, ruthlessness to both sides there is a certain sensitivity and vulnerability that you see on both sides at at any time you feel the pressure of having to kind of be careful or you know looking over your shoulder that if the pakistani characters also look sympathetic i may uh, you know it may not be accepted because jingoism sells because generally the kind of you know indo pak cinema we see is very jingoistic Uh, was that ever a concern uh, and and I, i'll tell you i mean I, i'm impressed that people have understood the that even the pakistanis are doing it for their country so is she but at any stage did you feel that pressure because when you have crores riding on a film those kind of things do matter right not during the making of it no because uh, fortunately for me everybody involved with the film completely invested and believed in the story and right at the script level all these characters have been etched out and given their humanity and civility right from the script level it just got elevated with their performances once the film got made and a few people started watching it is when these external thoughts started coming but i wasn't afraid of it yes there's a chance i mean it not only are you depicting not only is this film not saying india is great and pakistan is being bashed it's not doing that but you also have a kashmiri muslim as your lead protagonist who's supposed to be a patriot that in itself is contradictory in today's narrative especially yeah, exactly right now what's happening okay. so and it's not something i'm unaware of but i know that one i really really have very high regard for the intelligence of my audience um both emotional and intellectual and i know that if they connect with the character with sahmat and her journey these labels are not going to matter they will dissipate and and i think that that intent and that integrity the audience picks up very quickly from a film right so um, yeah i mean the audience didn't boo the pakistani uh, you know bravery on the bravado and neither did in they fact, in fact they're lauding the fact that you are showing them as human beings and because i mean i, I i'm reading comments where they're saying it's the first time a hindi film has shown pakistanis as humans that we are no different yeah. we're actually the same especially the one dialogue where he says you know you're doing it for your country and i'm doing it for mine and for neither for both of us that matters most so personally you've seen filhal was panned by critics after that talwar was lauded it also did really well now you've seen you know across the spectrum of success and failure you've you've been across all of them uh, would failure affect you today as much as let's say the 10 years ago or does every film have the same nervousness do you still crave the same kind of acceptance or after a while it doesn't matter as much as it did earlier no so um i think the failure on talwar was uh, on 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 filhal was um it hurt emotionally because you were just starting out and to get discouraged like that 
after your first film uh, affects you a lot. And then came Just Married, which was also pan, but it hurt less. Why? Because I had seen the broader spectrum of it on Philhar. Okay. Then came Talwar, where I was blank in terms of expectations because I was just only driven by the urge to tell this story. I mean, everybody behind Talwar didn't expect, had no expectations from the box office, from the critics, nothing. We just wanted to tell the story. So then when, when that acceptance and the success came, it was overwhelming because it was unexpected and it was all new. But because I have Philhal behind me, I know I will never take success too seriously. Right. Uh, coming back to um, Razi, during the making of the film, you had a schedule in Haryana. Punjab. And as your good luck would have it, Babaji's <laughs> conviction happened that day and there was that riot. So, so tell me what happened, what did you have to cheat? I mean, you had to cancel the shoot there. How, well, did you change the script? Did you have to change the location? Like, how bad was it? I mean, just some little bits of excitement that happened behind, which now when you see this film, it seems also smooth. But the chaos that must have pursued when you have like a unit of 100 people landing in Haryana and Babaji's, uh, like people have kind of brought to a standstill. What happened? What do you do? How do you recover? So we lost four shooting days. The unit was holed up in the hotels, different hotels for four days because there was curfew across Punjab and Haryana and I think Delhi, parts of Delhi as well. Uh, luckily for us, the curfew was announced at night for the following day. So we had finished the day's work, that day's work. But you and had four more days to go. We had, I had, I mean, I know, I had 12 days more to go in Punjab. Mm. I had, uh, and then we had to go to Chandigarh and shoot for five days there. Our tickets to Srinagar were booked for the 15th of September. It was 170 tickets. And we knew that that can't change. So, and now I know that we lost four days, but at that time, sitting in Punjab, I didn't know how many days I was going to lose. Right, you didn't know how long it would carry on. So you can't tell when this curfew is going to end, but you knew that you had to leave for Srinagar on that day. Because the cost of rebooking everybody and cancelling those tickets would have been a very big burden to bear on a film like this. So um, every day it used to be the call sheet used to get made after discussion then and then there would be this five hour suspense of should we publish it we would make a few calls ha lagta hai ho jayegi shooting okay publish another call would come nahi nahi kal bhi curfew hai okay hold on don't publish every evening from 5 to 9 for 5 hours this would go on for 4 days by which time the unit was also getting fed up yes the first day we thought okay we got to rest because we were tired as hell but by the third day, you're like, can we get on with it now? Because it's not like you're resting or you're being able to do any kind of recreation. You're stuck in a hotel. So how do you kind of, um, how do you make up for the loss? Do you change the script? Do you cut out a scene? No, we gave up all our break days. And we shot non-stop for 22 days. Uh, our last sequence was a night shoot, which should have had pre-lighting. But we went, the light men went from lighting in the day to shooting at night and were fatigued to the extent that they were not being able to carry the boosters at night. We couldn't complete the sequence because we got no pre-light. So we were, and we're covering like a three-kilometer area in um, Patiala, uh, near, the, near, one, near Neemrana and the gardens over there. So as we're shooting, as we're moving, the lights are moving with us. The generator's moving with us. So we're lighting no time up. time to actually light up and then arrive no. at set. So, so we didn't finish our, our shoot. Dawn broke and our, se our sequence wasn't completed. And I think that, and that's the first time that happened on this film, that we had never completed a call sheet. 
so that i think also down the morale of the unit and we left we didn't even have a rest day we went to the hotel showered changed and left for chandigarh and we had to shoot the next day so have you seen msg by the way no should i i, I don't know that's as, as filmmaker no i haven't had the guts <laughs> you're a filmmaker so you might want to see what your contemporaries are doing before they went uh, to jail no <laughs> unfortunately i missed that one i believe there's a second part as well i think there i think he made three finally mm-hmm. okay mm. um okay so now that was now kashmir is in such severe conflict i don't think anyone in their right mind can go shoot there mm. as in the very um, actually there are a lot of films being shot there as as if, as we speak this is what i'm saying while really? i was there there were two units wrecking and two units shooting no i'm talking about today things are really terrible today. so the, the, yeah, the, the the thing is these things are cyclical there'll be like one episode that will happen then there'll be like unrest for some time then things calm down so like when i was shooting there there were two units shooting and two units wrecking apart from me So what was it like shooting in Kashmir? I mean, do you have a take on Kashmir? I mean, do you have uh, I mean, what is your politics on it? Do you have a view on it from your um, experience of shooting there? What was your experience like? Ours was very smooth. The people are very warm and lovely. For me, it was uh, beautiful because I've gone there as a child while my parents were shooting. And now I've gone to shoot there myself it's still as beautiful the people are still as warm yes there is unrest but i feel that and you know the thing is that there there is militancy there are people uh, there is a section of the kashmiri population which is militant and perhaps anti india but it's not the entire people of kashmir and to uh, stroke them all with the same broad brush is unfair because you do have pockets other pockets of people like this all over our country yeah in some form or the other uh, okay last two questions one here's you're not i notice very active on social media but um each time a uh, bollywood celebrity expresses or articulates a viewpoint a political viewpoint there is a backlash one way or the other uh and and there is um this this entire political viewpoint from bolly of of bollywood of of hindi film industry or even the south is kind of can damage your uh, well not your as your personally your market because you know if if you're non controversial then you have fans across political ideologies what is your take on that you personally do you hold your tongue on issues like this how how do you look at this new environment where market uh, you know valuations could Im- be impacted by your politics i i honestly i don't subscribe to living like that because then you can't say a word because you don't know which market are going to be damaging and offending who but mm. everybody stands up everybody is very entitled on social media you are entitled to react but the person who's giving the opinion is not entitled to the opinion why mm. right me personally for me social media is i mean when i really really get affected by something or when i have a film to talk about is when i do it um but just to make my presence felt i will not go and comment on everything that's happening Uh, I think the backlash also comes from that. When when you sense a hollowness behind those statements, is when the backlash comes. But when when people are, you know, earnestly saying what they have to, this is what I'm saying that you know you need we need to give the the intelligence of our people a little more respect. You know, not all of the backlash is hollow. Some of it is deserved. Some of it is not. But all I'm saying is that social media is becoming a place of entitlement, and it's becoming a place of bullies. 
which is not the best way to use it. I'm sure it was intended and designed for better things. So the last question, Meghna. Do you want to weigh in on this entire debate that was sparked off with Karan Johar about uh, nepotism in the film industry and it, it carried on for a lot of time and I know it must have been quite um, difficult to be always compared to your father Gulzar. But when this entire thing broke, everybody weighed in with all sorts of views and then retracted, many of them retracted their views also. Do you have like a set view on this? You want to win? My set view is my life experience. Mm. My last name is Gulzar. My first film was a flop. It took me seven years to make my next film. So much for nepotism. Okay, good luck with your film and congratulations on its success and please enjoy uh, your very tasty looking sandwich thank you so Rajshri Sen why don't you tell me what for you worked for, as far as Razi was concerned what didn't work so we'll just give a background of what the film's about it's based on this book called Calling Sehmat Calling Sehmat and by Harinder Sikka yeah, who used to be a journalist. He was a, a embedded journalist, in fact, during the Kargil War. And he wrote, he met this woman who claimed that she was a spy. She, in her, when she was younger, she was a spy. She was an Indian who got married to a Pakistan, into a Pakistani family. And she's the one who gave the information about the submarine Ghazi and the movements during the war. And the film, this film is about her, essentially. There's no proof that she existed, though, I have to say, because I was checking up and there is no proof. But one is hoping if you're a spy, there should not be Correct. proof of her being there at all, of existing at all. So Alia Bhatt plays Semut. Alia Bhatt is a Kashmiri Muslim girl and uh, she gets married into this family where Vicky Koshal is her husband. He's in the army, but his father is part of the intelligence unit in Pakistan. She gets married into a family of military officers in Pakistan and her father-in-law is a high-ranking military officer and she carries out espionage through that. That is the plot, basically. Yeah, so uh, the film is essentially about what happens during a certain period of her life. So I thought it was... I did think Alia acted well because a lot of the reviews had come out before we saw it and they had said that she'd overacted. There are certain instances which I feel that the way she reacts to news, if you're looking at her face in, like if you consider that they're showing that that's the way she's naturally reacting, you would be a little alarmed by why the person is reacting like that. But uh, the entire thing of how she's trained to be a spy and then what she goes through in this family who is, she is an Indian in this Pakistani family, it's interestingly shown, I felt. Uh, I liked the character actors. All the actors were very well cast. More than Alia also, I felt whether, and after a long time, I saw Arif Zakaria was in the film. He used to act earlier in a lot of serials we've seen him in Doordarshan days. And uh, Sony Razdan, I just find it very uh, cute that a mother and daughter played a mother and daughter in on Celluloid also. Hmm. And But I did feel it could have certain things were a little implausible, I felt. So, like it's a big house. It's not a spoiler, but I'm just saying it's a big house. How do people not notice your movements in a house like that? Which is people, it's full of people. So certain things are a little don't gel yeah I thought like I said um, here we give you the 
real deal of because most of the films because we are not first with the news <laughs> we are often one week L- late with the film last with the news we are last with the news at news laundry <laughs> so f- for us to be quicker you're going to have to subscribe so i would just use this opportunity to appeal to you to subscribe to news laundry pay to keep news free so we guys can do a lot more work mm. a lot quicker with more resources i thought all the reviews had built it up so much for me that i was a little underwhelmed but i yeah. thought it was competent filmmaking the same thing of what i thought of hansal mehta's film i thought of mehta of mehta see what's missing there's a certain s- a style or a flamboyance in many filmmakers you know make yeah. a film like for example uh, it isn't the same kind of war film but um, i forget the one on the bridge those guys meeting a spy thriller i think it was steven spielberg i'm not sure oh the uh, you know, bridge of spies there's, yeah there's a certain style there's a yeah. panache with which they make films yeah. you know that there's a there's a signature in the way scenes hmm. are treated so the sec- what i thought really worked was the second half you know you feel she's going to get caught now she's going to get caught now that thriller angle hmm. i thought was yeah but the emotional tug it didn't do for me yeah even for me i didn't get and i get very emotionally swayed in cinema okay. which it didn't hmm. i cried in chennai express so dear god okay ha, so maybe it's a good thing i didn't cry maybe it's a compliment then that i didn't yeah. cry oh. but i thought it was tight hmm and um to make a film like this uh what worked for me most about the film was i really liked its politics it was yeah. very non judgmental and non jingoistic i didn't no, yeah, find yeah. it non jingoistic it basically kind of it was very clear without it being underlined it wasn't like they were trying to spoon feed you that everyone does it for the country here they yeah. are no heroes or villains like if there is a military man in pakistan or in india or in sri lanka hmm. or in burma they are taught to obey what the civilian government tells them to do that's what they're doing So and there are that all Pakistanis aren't evil. Like everyone doesn't look evil. Like uh-huh. you're used to in normally in a film like this, if someone else I think had made it, or a few filmmakers I mm. can think of, the Pakistanis would have been shown as evil. Even her father would have most probably been shown as some really cold, horrible man. So they were just shown as normal. Yeah. So the politics, the politics worked for me. I thought the editing it was tight, and uh, I thought uh, Alia was a bit overrated uh, in the reviews that they went on and about how she's done such a great job. She done a decent job, but I don't think she was that great. All in all, I it kept me hooked and engaged throughout. I also like the choice of subject. I felt it's an interesting subject to make a film on because we haven't had films yeah. on I can't think of a film on a spy in ages. I can't even think of the last film Hindi film on a spy actually. After this we'll also review the trailer of a film about a spy but before that uh, do you want to give us a little input about a film that we discussed last week? Yeah. But there's an additional input you have to give this yeah. week. Yeah. So I watched Shahid the film Shahid is now available on Netflix. So by I had not by Hansal Mehta starring Rajkumar Rao which is the same team which has made Omerta. I have not watched Shahid before but I had heard that it's an excellent film and since you can Netflix and chill so I Netflix and chilled in a different way and watched it. But while watching it so Shahid is about this guy who went to certain terrorist camps terror camps and all and was trained but he ultimately became a lawyer for people who could not defend themselves who were implicated in these terrorism cases and so on so he goes to Arthur Road jail only i think and there's this scene which is there in Omerta also where you see uh, Omer Ahmed right his name was Omar Ahmed gives the other convicts uh, prisoners a lecture about that you can't even keep your roja 
Now in this film, you don't know who Omar Ahmed is, but Rajkumar Rao is sitting there, and this guy, this youngish-looking guy, throws a fit and says, "You don't even, you can't even keep your roja, and it's disgusting and all." And I thought, what a weird director. He's got this scene in this film. Now he has put it in another film as Omar Ahmed, and it's really cool because. That is Omar Ahmed in Omar Sheikh. His name was Omar, Omar Sheikh, Sheikh in in jail. So he has that scene, and he remembered so, it six years so later. So what that character did in Shahid? He has done it's the and it's the exact same words. And I did think it was very cool that in Shahid, Raj Kumar Rao plays Shahid meeting Omar Sheikh, and in Omerta he plays Omar Sheikh, Omar Sheikh meeting other. I just. It just was very impressive that, and you don't have continuity usually Even in one. A film. Yeah, so I felt quite impressed that he had this continuity. And so we do deep research for our film reviews. I just want to tell people. Yeah. We watch earlier cinema a week later after the review has been given, but at least we do that much. But watch Shahid for sure. If you haven't watched Omerta, I would say watch both films together. With what one eye each? How do you watch two films like, together? Yeah, you have to be a little. I don't so, want to say so about cock and people. Half your brain is you for one film. Half your brain but is for that. But suppose you only have half, which is highly likely if they're listening to this podcast. <laughs> or, then, or, or the full that they have. Then you watch Jurva too. Half <laughs> of it has got fried by this podcast and it's droning on. I just want people to know that Abhinandan had gone and seen Jurva too on big screen. Everyone knows. Okay, can we move on? <laughs> <laughs> I will read out two emails. Mm. So the are they first, the rude ones? The ones which are rude about me? Then well, don't read all out. emails that come to us are rude. I, I don't know many polite ones that come. <coughs> but I'll read the one by Nidhi Raichand first. Hi Rajshree and Abhinandan. Big fan of your podcast and love the reviews as well as banter. I did find one beat on this one, one bit. bit. I, I was sitting with a bong well, so I'm saying like that. Yeah. I find one <laughs> beat of this week's <laughs> this podcast. This is a little, This is fitting because of what this... A little jarring and uh-huh. almost mean-spirited. The problem with Apu as privileged Indians sitting in India. I think most of are pretty clueless as to what it must be to be brown in America. If hmm. Hari K found the de- depiction of Apu to be problematic, I think he should be allowed to voice his opinion. You going? and I may find it funny, but then we weren't there. It's like the depiction of Asians on mind your language. Funny, yeah, sure. Okay, cringeworthy, definitely. Racist, for sure. And Indians are racist. There's certainly no excuse for a network in America to be racist or for the entire diaspora to accept racism leveled at them. As far as Priyanka Chopra's experience as a child, privileged or not, racism or abuse should not be leveled at anyone. Whatever her background, she was at that point just a brown teenager in a mostly white environment. If she felt bad, I don't think we need to belittle her for that. Dear God, you just made me defend Priyanka <laughs> Chopra. <laughs> Keep up the awesome podcasting. Thank you, Nidhi. Do you want to defend yourself, Rajiv, for being a horrible person and a human you being? You said, I think you made fun of Priyanka. I said, poor thing, she's brown and she was made fun okay. of. I didn't even know she started overseas. Anyway, coming to the point, do, do you want to say anything in defense? I want to say it's a very good uh, letter and uh, I still think people are being oversensitive about Apu, the Apu controversy. I don't think they need to take it so seriously. And I want to say one thing. I started watching Hari K. I can't even pronounces yeah no not the documentary he has a stand up show which is there on netflix has this every week they put mm. up a i didn't i couldn't watch more than 10 minutes so i'm going to sit down and watch that and watch the documentary because everyone seems to be talking about him but 
he's just it's a very strange kind of abrasive kind of humor which I don't find appealing too, but too refined for you maybe you're oh, too, too used to the I'm also you know, Bengali now I'm used to people uh, saying a poem instead uh, of stand up yeah, exactly. comedy like that uh, should we read Prakash Ayer's because okay, it's read, so beautiful I'll read Prakash Ayer's email although I'll, I just just one thing I do think Abhinandan has written this email and sent it in under a pseudonym okay first of all Prakash Ayer is someone on Twitter who follows both you and me and News Laundry. So I, I don't know why you're s- suspecting of his real existence. Prakash, <laughs> see, this is the problem with people who can't take criticism. So Prakash Ayer says, writing in purely to vote on Abhinandan's tone, in inverted commas, that Rajshri complained about. Hmm. Uh, what, you had complained that my tone is very... Because you said, na, you said acha to me in it's that tone. It's very condescending, okay. So Prakash <laughs> says, who obviously has great hearing... <laughs> His tone is fine, nothing wrong with it. If anything, I find Rajshri's tone too often to be condescending Angrez Desi. I like her work in the podcast and I like Dipanjana's work as well. But honestly, both of them <laughs> have that tone accent of the convent-educated snooty people. I'm not convent-educated. A male equivalent is Karan Thapad. He is the worst. I don't think they mean to be so, at least not all the time. But it does show up quite often. Interestingly, Madhu does not have that tone slash accent, nor does Abhinandan, even though they went to fancy private schools. This is true. One rule of thumb I have, if a desi can't do bakchodi in a desi lingo continuously for 10 minutes or after daru, they are more likely to have that tone slash accent. Desi in them has been surgically removed. These are the true Macaulay putras or putris, not trying to insult them, but trying to observe a pattern. Does this sound condescending? Does it? No, it sounds like you have not understood how condescending Avinandan actually is to me. But it's okay. It's from a male point of view, I suppose you're not getting it. Play the gender card. (laughs) I do, in all seriousness, agree with Prakash. I think um, there is a certain um, uppertiness that that, um, Rajshri has. (gasps) And I think uh, it's, it's a Bengali thing in my view. But, but I do bakchodi after daru without daru also. I can't say bakchodi very well as a word. I think it's a bit okay, of a That's not the only crass. parameter. But I'm just saying that I think most educated bongs have this we're too cool for school. I think <gasps> Tavleen must at one level Maybe be bong. Maybe she is bong. Yeah. Tavleen Dasgupta Singh she is. Yeah. The third email we'll read later which is also a very nice mail. But first let's discuss the trailer from one spy to the other. This is a trailer of a film The Spy Who Dumped Me. It has a spectacular cast. It has, I may mispronounce some of them. Uh, uh, it has Gillian Anderson, who looks quite scary in the trailer at least. It has Mila Kunis, Ketan. Yeah, Kunis. she's very cute. Mila Kunis. And Cake McKinnon is who does that uh, SNL. SNL Live. SNL. And of course, it has uh, Hassan Minaj. What are we doing? Are we going to sit in the corner all night? It's your birthday. I'm 30 years old. I wear a Hawaiian shirt to work. My boyfriend dumped me in a text. Let's set a shit on fire. Burn, burn, burn in the fire. We just want to talk about Drew Thayer. He's your boyfriend, right? Drew Thayer. I'm sorry, what? I know you're a spy. It's a long story, and I'm going to explain everything. So it's been directed by Susanna Fogel, who... I'd, oh, the other person in the trailer is someone who I really like, Justin Thoreau. Who's that? Justin Thoreau is before he was... Is he related to Shashi Thoreau? Shashi Thoreau's <laughs> younger brother. So, Justin Thoreau is uh, this one's ex-husband, Jennifer Aniston's ex-husband. 
बट बिफोर दैट ही इज द गाय हु मेक्स वाली लड़की फ्रेंड्स वाली लड़की एंड ही इज वेरी वेरी हॉट एंड ही ऑल्सो मेक्स ऑल दीज ऑफ बीट फिल्म सो ही इज वेरी कूल एंड ही इज वेरी गुड लुकिंग सो हाउ यू डोंट नो जस्ट इन थरो इज वेरी वेल नोन सो एनी वे इट इज डिरेक्टेड बाय दिस वुमेन कॉल्ड सुजाना फोगल विच एक्सप्लेन्स this film the casting of this film because the two protagonists are the two women are hmm. the protagonists of the film it sort of reminded me of that other film we watched spy yeah which is fantastic yeah which was really good as well so this is it's very funny it's obviously quite tongue in cheek they both end up becoming spies in this film by default i didn't see the you're spy you're talking about it as you see in the film you see in the trailer comment no, on the trailer no in the trailer only i figured no, out no you're saying this film this happens how no, does no, this no, happen no 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 in the trailer it seems like that that they are part of one international conspiracy they get roiled in okay so as trailers go i thought it was very ordinary trailer it's um it's a montage of funny moments hmm. but this is i think the classic of a film where the cast will pull you into the cinema because with uh, what's Hassan her name Minaj Cunis, also Hassan Minaj Gillian Anderson and yeah. this other the one who plays Hillary Clinton very well um uh, Kate McKinnon Kate McKinnon with that cast even a shit trailer like this works and so. even Justin Theroux like he has a massive fan following because he does that slightly offbeat kind of cinema like Guy Ritchie he does that kind of cinema so he'll get another bunch of people in so i thought it's fun it's obviously not going to so spy though was was not mindless It was it was, it was intelligent. Smart. Yeah, it was a smart. I think uh, by some cool. of the gags that they've used in this, uh, it's also going to be very political because they have an SNL kind of. Yeah. Because um, I I noticed a few gender jokes about, hmm. um, you know, you'll be the Beyonce. No, not that. There was another joke on gender. I remember. So they, I think it's going to be smart. I think it's going to be clever purely because of the cast. Yeah. And the other film trailer that we have to discuss, which also has a woman as a protagonist, yeah, is, I can't make head or tail of the trailer. But yeah, even I so. couldn't. So Vikas Khanna has written his thirty-first book, which wow. I did not know that he writes one mm. and writes anything other than cookbooks. But he obviously seems to be writing fiction, non-fiction, everything. And this is his directorial debut. It stars Nina Gupta in it. Now the write-up on the film is that it is. I'm quoting over here. The one-hour, twenty-six-minute film stars veteran actor Nina Gupta and child artist, and the plot revolves around the Supreme Court order against an age-old tradition of not allowing widows in Vrindavan to play holy. Did you understand this from the trailer? Because I did not. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I mean, I really don't even want to talk about the trailer. It's so, I mean, you can make out the film is just going to be so below average by even the look of the trailer. It's it's just a montage of images cut from Banaras. It's like when I used to make travel shows, I'd make that as a exotic India. To uh, me, it was just, exotic yeah, Discovery India. Discovery Channel, like, but it is. But you know, this whole thing of because you become famous, yeah, and then you're famous for being famous, like um, the Kardashians. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. an Indian thing. Also, I remember there was one wave of this during the. 
Jadeja, Kamli, hmm. that whole. You know, they were famous for cricket. Then they became film actors, which they were shit at. Someone yeah. cut an album. Are they were in reality dance shows? So, Ajay Jadeja so, was but, in. But that's the concept. I'm the concept. The reality dance show concept is Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. So that's okay. A, but but what I'm saying is that you can do everything. I mean, the whole concept of that is a person who's not supposed to be dancers dancing. Yeah. But otherwise, up. Author bhi ban jao, ye sab yeah, kuch yeah, ban jao. I think Vikas Khanna's like, basically you monetize your fame. So it's but to me it's highly avoidable. But who knows? Who knows? Although this one um, said um, who Bill Ma, one of my favorite yes stand-up comics and also favorite commentators on American politics, said that these days there's this trend of reviewing of 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 a trailer, like how dumb. Wait for the film. Like who reviews trailers? Because we don't feel we can survive a one-hour, twenty-six-minute version of this. So, so we are going with the one-minute, twenty-six-second oh, version, gee. which was the trailer. Huh. There were weddings that we almost virtually attended. I wasn't invited. You may have. You why? You didn't see it through Instagram. You didn't feel you were part of it. I'm not on Instagram, or maybe I am, but I'm. You are, but way. you don't update anything. I think. But I think uh, I was. Put on Instagram by my colleague in 2012 because I was just starting a new series for a travel show. And there is one picture. And he said, "Sir, ये travel show अगर आप कर रहे हैं, we should be on Instagram और हर रोज जब आप shooting करते हैं, एक picture upload कर दो." मैंने कहा, "हाँ, very good idea. चलो करो." And he up he made my account and he uploaded a picture, and then he quit and left. So ever since that one picture. Do you even remember your password? I'm sure I can retrieve it if the MFC technology is very famous like that. <laughs> <laughs> Technology is famous like that. <laughs> okay, so there were two. One was a wedding. One was an engagement. Okay. Sonam Kapoor, actress Sonam Kapoor, got married to Anand Ahuja, who's a business businessman. He is. Hey, businessman Ahuja, sir. Delhi, Delhi, ka Punjabi. businessman he is. So she got married at the same time. Uh, what's her name? Isha Ambani, Mukesh Ambani's daughter, got engaged to the Piramal boy. Hmm. Who is so memorable as a person that I've forgotten his first name, <laughs> but I do remember what he looks like because of so many pictures, hmm. and because of Nita Bhabi was very uh, active in this engagement. What I liked was the Ambani's. I want to talk about because what I liked was that they had obviously sent out a press statement to everyone, and since they somehow or the other own pretty much every media house, hmm. everyone carried it toto in toto. Without so changing the, a comma. Yeah, So they said that uh, Isha Ambani got engaged to her uh, childhood friend Anand Piramal. I think his name, whatever his mm. name is, I'm not even bothering to Google because I'll wipe this out of my head after this. She got engaged to her childhood friend in a temple. In I was also thinking, like you know, this is the engagement I have been waiting for. Mm. Called Siddhi Vinayak with her father bought yeah, later. Yeah, so <laughs> with her father bought at a temple in Mahabaleshwar. After which their families joined them, blessed them, and had lunch, and they all had lunch together. So I'm imagining that I'm at a temple for whatever reason. I'm praying. The man I love also comes into the temple. How romantic! Hmm. I, and I'm like, just I've just prayed, done matha teko to Aur God. And वहीं पर प्रेम की घंटी बज गई. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Panon ghanti. Okay. okay. Okay then. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he proposes to me, uh-huh. and I think how romantic. And the pujari doesn't say shh. Baat karna to bahar jaa. Ah no. 
गुजरात Or you can come to our house and work. We have like eight hundred and fifty-two people. We are working <laughs> in our house. Enough of them. But I was just fascinated. That, I I'm not yeah. in Instagram, but the every like I follow most of my Twitter people. Hmm. I follow are journalists. Yeah. Or news organizations. Because hmm. that's what I think the only thing Twitter is good for. Otherwise, yeah. everyone's just fucking taking out their childhood badass on Twitter, which you know they can't take out anyway. But anyway, my huh. point is. Every third thing on that day was some news organization. Oh, watch out the viral video of Nita Ambani dancing. Oh, check out the viral video of so. I was like, why is there a viral video of Nita Ambani dancing? So you know, just you, your news laundry's you know co-founder, you understand the chutiap of news and huh. clickbait. Yet this, I could not resist. I You're said, still clicked. And then I saw her doing this. Very. Ting, I I ting, wish we had a video of this ting, because ting, Abhinandan is doing a better. I'm, I'm simulating Nita Ambani. Wasn't so, it cool? Except that I'm uh, my smile is coming and going. You are getting wrinkles I'm on getting your face. I'm getting wrinkles on my face. Actually. Yeah. So one is at this point. I'd also like to say that why everybody carried that news was because they get all their money from Mukesh Ambani. He yeah. owns much of the media. We are Chantan Gopal's. We we you know resort to what's the word I'm looking for. We rely on hmm. losers like you who half of you are not giving. Like we have I think two two and a half thousand subscribers, and. I don't know how many tens of thousands people are listening to this podcast. I have the numbers, so most you of you listen the to numbers. it. You have the numbers. I like the way you said it. Most of you listen to it for free. Okay, so have some shame and give some money and subscribe, so okay. that we can also no, we never so have we can, to carry. So even I can get married and have Nita. I wanted uh, to say that that not, the reason why. But my mother why, can also dance. Yeah. So उसकी आशा पुत्र देखो निकू की शादी हो गई नहीं तो कौन शादी करेगा इस लूजर से? The dance that was there was an engagement party right after Mahabaleshwar Temple. Then they went and there was an engagement party, which was very well organized for a sudden engagement which had happened. But every guest who was there also. So this is another thing that people have realized that you can put anything on social media now, which is what we saw at Sonam Kapoor's wedding also. Mm. those videos that were being put up of people dancing were being put up by celebrities they were not mm. being put up by some media house mm. so it's a little strange that their the sense of privacy seems to have vanished from everyone because i would think that the manis would be a little private about their private ceremonies right why no no am i in some la la land of you're course saying in la la land why would they have privacy even their parties get uh, there's a live telecast of their parties I remember the Ambani's had some party for I think Sachin Tendulkar. So if I'm having a party for a friend, I won't say okay. There'll be five live cameras relaying the party live on the news oh, channel. Oh, I had missed this. The last thing I'd seen of theirs was the Dhirubhai Ambani uh, hospital 
launch where for three hours CNN and IBM just showed the launch happening. Anyway, so you but can check out all the videos. So I, f- out of all the dancing and music and singing videos, I huh? thought was I found um, even the one more annoying than Neeta Bhabi dancing <laughs> was uh, this dude uh, Karan Johar's dancing video. <gasps> a, you know, dude, you're taking that shit too seriously. Fucking get a life. And by get a life, I mean outside cinema. If your entire existence is cinema, your brain is fried. You don't know what's real and what's not. And there's a film made on this, which I've forgotten the name of because my brain is also fucking fried. Who's uh, in the film? Say it. A, a woman who's like an aging star who has kind of forgotten where reality ends, huh? uh, where, where cinema... Uh, it's a it's a Hollywood film. Okay. It's a black and white film. Okay, okay. Huh. So, um, yeah, I just thought that whole thing about... And the articles that this video of Karan Johar, I think Republic TV was carrying it. The Republic will- TV has the best Twitter feed. Because I think someone's smoking up and just pulling out any shit they can find from social media and just putting it from Facebook. Which was your favorite video and least favorite? My most favorite was... Oh, I thought Anil Kapoor is like... He's uncontrollable. Because he, Salman and Shah Rukh were mm-hmm. dancing. It was like three uncles, but who are young looking uncles, very young looking. The level of energy those three have, I don't think any of the youngsters have. So they were having their own party on the dance floor. Mm. He didn't care whether it was anyone's wedding or anything. So that I liked. And I, well, I like Karina Kapoor, something she did. She was dancing on the side. Or she was screaming, Seth, maybe that's right. Mm. She said, Seth, so I felt, oh, this is such a nice video. Mm. But I just felt it was like that every video is like almost in real time. It is up. But one thing is, I have to say, which might be a good move. Earlier, you would not see anything normal about Bollywood. You just, they had this uh, image on celluloid and you never saw anything they did in their normal lives. So I think that has vanished. Actually, that, that filter has no, gone. No, it's not. I think what's changed is what you perceive as real has changed. Now, everyone lives their life as if every moment is going to be for public consumption at some point. So, you know, whether it is Chloe Kardashian or whatever Kim Kardashian's Kim Kardashian. daughter's Kardashian. sister's name huh. is, being, you know, the proposal, the divorce, every the moment birth. of your life is in your back of the head at the back of the head you know that this is going to be out there so you're performing pretty much throughout life which is why I think your brain gets fried so I don't think there is any private moment anymore but there is one thing which I, I think I'm basically cynical about everything that their film Vire the Wedding is going to be released the entire persona of Karina Kapoor at this wedding the at least the videos that were coming out was of this slightly wild she's slightly edgy she's uh, dancing with a glass of wine that kind of look was almost ditto of what the film is showing them as like they're these wild slightly edgy girls so I don't know whether it's that well thought out but it seemed or just a coincidence bit, yeah hmm. it seemed too much of a coincidence okay, we I just felt. have two trail uh, ads. ads left and uh, then we would like to discuss the radio jockey Navid yeah Navid's gag and just the radio jockey's gags in general so quickly First, I will just go over both the ads. Ads, but uh, can we just do the last email first, Rajshri sir? Yeah, yeah. So this is the last um, email I'll read as far as the feedback is concerned. Mm. This is by Jaisal Parikh. Hello, Rajshri and Abhinandan. I'm a news only subscriber for the past couple of months. Thank you, Jaisal. I wish more people were like you, but most of them are just Mufat Khors. <laughs> I'm an NL subscriber for the past couple of months, and I have been listening to the Hafta and Awful and Awesome podcast quite regularly. I live in the US, so these two podcasts give me a nice weekly wrap of the stuff going on in India. 
Well, um, Jaisal, don't just go by this podcast. Like, there's some normal stuff also happening in in India. But, <laughs> but if you're listening to this podcast, you think. But thank you. <laughs> th- thanks God, me baane you. I want to comment on the Apu situation, the discussion you guys had in the last podcast. I was also under the same impression as you guys, and thought that the controversy was blown out of proportion until I saw Hari Kondabolu's documentary, hmm. The Problem with Apu. Hari Kondabolu makes an argument in the documentary that while it is okay to make fun of an ethnicity, the problem was that Apu was only rep- was the only representation that Indians and South Asians had in the American pop culture in early 90s when The Simpsons was a huge deal in the US. This reduced the entire community to nothing but a funny accent, which is why it is problematic. The documentary shows Hari talking to various famous South Asian Americans and how Apu affected them and their attempts to break into the entertainment industry in the US. He also talks to Whoopi Goldberg, who apparently is some kind of expert in minstrelling. Minstrelsy. Minst- yeah. hmm. And they, what does that mean? Minstrelsy. It's obviously some sort you of. You don't know, Rashi? You don't know an English okay, word? Matt, this is a See, by chance you moment would, almost you that I have said. I don't know. I would know. assume you'd say I know and make up some shit. <laughs> Just because we are on air, because otherwise I'd believe you. Yeah, that's what. Simple that's the that only reason that I've said this. And, huh? And they come to the conclusion that the character of Apu is also a type of minstrel. Minstrelsy was an American form of entertainment developed in the 19th century. It comi- it consisted of comic skits, variety acts, and all that mocked people specifically of African descent. I see. So basically, Apu is a kind of minstrel. Yeah. yeah. Also, I would like to contradict Rajshree and say that Apu was not always shown in a positive light. He was many a time shown as a conniving character. I urge you to watch the documentary and also an episode on Aziz Ansari's show Master of None called Indians on TV to Hmm. see how South Asian Americans have been affected by the lack of representation in American entertainment. As for Priyanka Chopra's comment, her PR person might have asked her to watch the documentary before going on that show because her comments on that show came directly from the documentary, although my opinion is biased because I dislike her and she could have actually gone through what she said she did. I agree with Abhinanda that Indians and the Indian industry is incredibly racist and is something that we need to fix. But making an equivalency between Indian and Indian industry and what South Asian Americans had to go through because of lack of representation is, in my opinion, wrong. The documentary is available on True TV and I'm linking it below. If you can't see it due to location restrictions, torrent it or something. Uh, two things, Jaisal, I think very well articulated mail. Mm. I will say, I will reconsider my views. Maybe you're right. Sitting in India... In a position of privilege where, you know, we can make jokes about ourselves. I have yeah. often been called out for, you know, making jokes on Rajshree's color. Um, <laughs> I, I, and I think it's right because we think it's funny. Oh, a lot I of people you're so saying I think it's right to make fun of No, I color. think it's yeah. right. It's, I mean, we think it's funny, you and I, but yeah. it, going out it doesn't. And I agree that as Indians, you know, we don't get it. But I do think the one point that I will maintain is that something that happened in the 90s or the 80s, and to kind of view it by today's value systems, established pop hmm. culture value systems, I think maybe a little unfair, but I do understand calling it out is important. But saying that someone, the people doing it were, were outliers as far as political correctness or, or sensitivity was concerned, hmm. I don't think so. That's all or I'm saying. Or had malintent. I also just, since we are speaking about racism and so on, I'd recommend if you haven't, I'm assuming that you most probably have seen this show 
on Netflix called Dear White People. And the second season is out now. So Dear White People is about this girl of mixed race. She has a radio show on campus, on college campus, called Dear White People, where she calls out racism and so on. And and there's a blackface party at the college campus. It's a mm. very, very well-made show. But watch the second season also because it addresses this whole thing of what is considered racism and why uh, blacks can call each other nigger and get away with it but it's all very well done yeah I, yeah I won't use that word but I think this was articulated really well by Ice Cube on Bill Maher's show when mm. he used the n-word and he yeah. got major backlash I love this one line that he said you use that word to insult us now we've taken that word yeah. now we own it and you can't have it back you yeah. can't use it it's our word no, very it's well very, so watch this show also I and think the they address it really well and the second it? thing I want to ask Jaisal Parekh is that tell Jaisal Parekh is uh that you have given a link to a torrent or something. I don't know. Does torrent mean that we are like piracying it? Are we like? It's pri- not. Uh, are we legal. stealing? We are so stealing. We, we, we yeah, illegal. Khors. Yeah. Okay. No, we don't do Mufat Khori Jaisal. Um, <gasps> if I would watch it, I would pay for it because someone's hard-earned, not a hard-earned, hard-fought. No, my English is not yeah, it's so hey, shocked. Hey, hey, Angrej, you help kare, Angrej. Hey, <laughs> You've shocked hey, Rajri, him Angrej, this. help kare. You've You're, shocked You have him put hard work. Someone has put hard work and resources behind yeah. it. If I'm going to watch it, I'll probably pay for it. And I recommend all of you to too. Although we don't put a paywall because actually our tech team is too lean to put an effective <laughs> paywall. But, uh, you know, we, we don't have someone giving us money. So we depend on you. So but, please subscribe. I subscribe. So everyone else should also. Yeah. And at least your subscription can get your money back to you. Yeah, it's all, it's a cycle. Basically, News Laundry pays me money, then I subscribe to News Laundry. <laughs> then News Laundry makes me work, then they pay me money again, again I subscribe. We have to so break the cycle, can, so we have to stop paying yeah, you. That's, that's, the, only that's way. the way to break it. This Sunday that has just gone by was Mother's Day. Hmm. And all the, everyone went to town. I got lots of SMSs from various restaurants telling me, bring your mother, you'll get. Oh, I thought you said, I got a lot of SMSs saying, happy Mother's Day from your children. I said, so I did consider asking a neighbor that why don't you come along? Let's just go and have a meal somewhere. We'll get 50% off. Hmm. But uh, I was a nice person. I didn't do something like that. But there are two ads that I saw. Mother's Day. Mother's Day ads. One was Mother Dairy, Mother's Day ad, which had a nice concept that it's not just your mother who brings you up, that there's a galaxy of women in your life who, including from the maid to your grandmother to whoever your teachers are. So the ad is essentially about that. Milu, which is cool, Janana. हर समय हर जगह नहीं हो सकती ऐसे में उसका एहसास देती है मां जैसी मां इस मदर्स डे हर मां जैसी मां को हमारा प्यार भरा सलाम नाउ यू वॉच दिस एड वॉट डिड यू थिंक ऑफ इट अभिनंदन सो द मदर एड एंक वॉज कंसेप्चुअली आई थिंक इटनोलेजेस दैट देर इज योर मेड हुपल I thought it was too goody goody nice the acting yeah. it was it was honestly uh, you know mother's day if you listen to this i used to you know be part of a team that ran a production house we could have made like i don't know how much you spent on this 
we could have like 10 times a better film than this so <laughs> i'm shocked that you know it's it's of source because mother day is a well known company yeah, it's not yeah, like they... so um the acting was terrible all the characters acting was terrible i thought also the football coach was wearing full makeup she was very hot but she yeah, was but, wearing and she was wearing a skirt uh, anyway <laughs> just and she, no footballer has legs like that but my point <laughs> is that it was just so it was too good you oh, we are so happy first of all i was woken up by my mother or by my grandmother or by the maid anyone who woke me up when i was that young they'd cuddle you and after you don't wake, wake up oh ye bachchi uth ja then they'll cuddle me no if by the second i wasn't out of bed i'd get a tight slap and by chance if the slap misconnected and hit my nose into the cheek and my nose yeah. would be bleeding i'd be waking up with a bloody nose okay so, this is a bit of an exaggeration so i don't know which mothers these are that ki oh bitch yeah, yeah, they are very till, loving these mothers so, i have so to say f- these days kids you're very lucky if you're woken up like that i, I mean i was woken up with a kick in the solar plexus all of us were i don't know anyone who like they are treated with a lot of love these children this is why they can't handle any rejection when they grow up so there should a, a, there should be some reality to to these this thing and this this whole mothers day overkill you know you just get pressured into like when your morning you're reading the paper and your mother's in she's like charge mothers day and then another ad and another ad <laughs> and even though she doesn't want to by the end of the day she's kind of looking at you yeah dude what kind of asshole are you you haven't even you didn't give her anything abey kahan what suddenly at the age of 45 she gave her the mothers day thing It was a Sunday you had time to buy something also. She doesn't need anything. You didn't give that a water thing to see. She needs some love and affection from you. Kamal hai. Wo to roz milta hai free ka. So this has been this celebratory video has been conceptualized directed and produced by Momspresso. Okay, Momspresso you need help dude. You can come to me I'll give you a workshop on how to make audiovisual programming. and we saw another one also which was released by Kotak Silk Kotak Silk is uh, Kotak has this banking and investment for women now why does this sohasini maniratnam has this made by sohasini maniratnam she is acting she is the mother so sohasini maniratnam maniratnam's wife yeah oh okay here the acting was even worse than the earlier ah. one okay it's so badly acted and the problem again with this is i think it's a very what i like okay let me tell you what i like about this okay the woman is not just cooking for the child yeah, and yeah, doing yeah. and she's jhadu, a single mother jhadu pocha we don't know maybe she's not a single mother just because in 33 minutes there's no man there maybe he is in <laughs> hospital you just he's not there uh, not there so maybe he's there but he is not you know in fact so she's not just doing jhadu pocha yeah, bhande yeah. bengan cutting she's actually working she's creating the resources to make sure that he can afford yeah. what he wants but again the problem with this is that as a child growing up in middle class you know a child growing up in india which you would know because you're a fucking high class no i'm very chick. middle class but anyway um <laughs> you knew your oukat you knew what you could ask for i don't recall many instances in my life where i asked for something and my parents had to be embarrassed to say i can't afford yeah, it yeah because you knew you knew dude yeah. this is beyond my this thing hmm. so just ask for leftovers oh don't expect I uh, being the youngest of I three children I want everyone to know that Abhinandan can't even make himself a cup of tea in his house because he's so, so thin because to. I'm like Buddha I can starve and they didn't and give I, you food maybe they didn't give you because food because you ate my share <laughs> you fucking <laughs> ate my <laughs> but but coming to the point I'm making <laughs> is that the problem with this is this child at every age is making demands that are beyond the means of his mother 
but his mother at every stage is buying that stuff if i said oh my football shoes are so old my mother would give me a lecture but of some fellow say. he did he just makes this whole thing <laughs> i'd get a lecture about 20 people who actually became ronaldos by playing barefoot so not only should i play barefoot i should cut off one leg and start playing so that's no, the kind this of this is true so i we were told while growing up my brother and i were told from the time we could understand english that your grand uncle was the first road scholar so we didn't understand like good for him he was the first road scholar by the time my brother was 13 or 14 he started telling my grandmother see you all have had that moment in your lives now you're not going to get it from your grandchildren so there's no point telling us but we used to be told that they came from such deprivation still how, they said now this is how can a road scholar's grandchildren be deprived now you're really pushing it no no why he can be a road scholar who then became a professor which is what he became so and even didn't earn money made enough money because the real real estate boom happened in the 90s you know rashi don't pusho yourself into <laughs> this really belittles the conversation you are not of a you're not of my adi okat so to pusho i don't even know what my grandfather did let me tell you so you know i don't i'm just saying so, i so, i come so from you is, what do you so want to think my point is i don't maybe didn't even have a job but i'm just saying that you guys don't pusho yourself into category and coming to um, kotak silk kotak silk is the music is over the top the whole treatment is again it's very amateurish and if so has any money ratna is very even like sweet no one says uh, like nobody has a natural reaction i feel and tell me something because you play football and i obviously don't that if you were to get brand new shoes which you haven't tried on at all the day of your match hmm. you'd be able to play perfectly in brand new yeah, shoes if, yeah if the old shoes are you know if it's the, the exact shoe that's yeah, yeah it's not okay it's, because i just felt there. that shouldn't you need to break it in slightly no no it's not that much i mean it's not like he's going to the world cup and but did you feel touched did you feel that your mother should be like this mother no i'm very happy with my mother but yeah she used to bash the shit out of me so but i don't know this this ad i felt was more about the mother being nice to the son than the son being nice to the mother so it's supposed to give you a guilt trip now that's what these ads are about it's not about you it's about seeing see your mother's done so much for you for you so now you should put you some should. lakhs in that kotak silk fund that she was ah, doing some, okay so that way so i missed the point of the ad also mm, which is not unusual you <laughs> miss the point of many things that are being made and you go off onto another point that has nothing to do with what is being discussed but my my intentions are always good that is the important part you're just skipping the part which had uh, concerned me that the google assistant that video that had come out yes of the so google has this new assistant right this robotic assistant which has which placed an order on what's his name sundar pichai uh at a press conference he showed how the assistant can call up a restaurant and place an uh, book your table for you and that assistant can they've taught it to ads and they've uh, used technology to make it do mm, ha oh like that so you think you're speaking to a human now while i think this is wonderful I do feel this is the beginning of the end of humanity as we know it as in human kind because sooner or later robots are going to take over the world. Yeah, I think artificial intelligence is gone to a different level. Often a lot of things what we call artificial intelligence is not really artificial intelligence the true word. Yeah. It's um machine learning. Yeah. where a machine learns through but that is in a sense also how a child learns but you're right uh, it, it kind of puts the 
I uh, one of the subscribers who I met mm. and had gone for the India conference to Boston. Yeah. Uh, who's doing a postdoctoral thesis in artificial intelligence mm. tells me that at 2030 artificial intelligence is going to peak and is going to get rid of millions of jobs yeah, as far as so lawyers I've are concerned, this, chartered yeah. accountants, company secretaries, machines will be able banking. to do all this. I've been told a lot of banking. So um be an Indian's democratic dividend is also going to peak mm. then so be ready for shit but yeah it's very worrying uh, although one thing you got wrong is that the assistant is not booking a table it was booking an appointment at a salon for a haircut oh it was for my ads as in she was playing the secretary to book it for a someone haircut, yeah yeah but yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. if uh, yeah but for some people a haircut and food is the same because probably your food has so much hair in it <laughs> is a very now that we've got to this classy point of humor it is time to wrap this but before we do before we wind up just yeah. this rj naved uh, there's this new um, kind of formula which is getting picked up by the west of gags radio jockeys do it they'll call up someone they'll pretend to be you know either an insurance agent or some people are complaining hmm. or neighbors and they'll just have fun with the person and it's supposed to be funny yeah i find some of the gags i must agree uh, i must admit are very funny but some of them are really stupid and most of them are really stupid but they are all not uh, like none of them are practiced like it's not a fake gag no i'm sure some of them are fake okay, i mean okay. i i don't have any basis on which to say okay. this other than knowing how the reality industry works huh. in entertainment so i'm sure some of them are set okay. up huh. but many of them are not and in this case radio jockey naved arjun naved called uh, a person who had lost his dog and who had put up posters all yeah. over the locality uh, to in case you find my dog please call me and he called him and you know made a joke of his dog getting lost no so he first actually called and said i found your dog and no, he, that he didn't say i found a dog he said aa kutta khoya hai ye number diya tha apne dar gaye se ha so the guy sounds relieved he said acha maine to aise hi phone kar liya ha so before he said that the guy sounded so relieved he said will you keep the dog safety because and as a pet owner i just want to say when your dog goes missing or and anything which is living in your house goes even my brother who i <laughs> wish would go missing if he went missing i'd feel sad and i'd look for him let's put it that way now you have called and you've cracked this joke which you think is funny the total like you should also pick up on how the person's reacting now i would realize if someone was seriously reacting and sounding relieved i would stop the joke hmm. and maybe hang up but it must be live right they're doing no, this no they're not live oh then i'd hang up and just say screw it we don't have to put this on air but it was not funny at all and i get why that guy got pissed off actually I do get he no, gets course, really pissed it's, off. It's, so you know I just want to talk about some of the radio jockeys. Hmm. They have to fill in a lot of time. Yeah. And a lot of them are really young. Uh Rashi, I don't know about you you obviously very young but <laughs> I'm pretty old now. I'm in my 40s. I've I'm, been working I'm 20, for I'm 23 for I've people. I've been working for 25 years of my life. Yeah. Okay? Quarter of a century hmm. is my working Quarter. experience. Huh. So and a lot of these guys are really young so i just think that at that age you know the kind of stuff that you end up saying because you just have to fill time yeah because how long have you lived what can you t- i mean i have watched more films the total hours of a life of someone as young as you aha if you add much. up the number of hours that i watched films would be the total number of years, years that, that you've lived yeah. like that this is true so i think that pressure of having to you know just talk non stop for your 6 hour shift hmm. makes them do some really fucking stupid shit man i'm just some i think all radio jockeys all radio stations should have 
a basic sensitizing session. Some of these guys yeah. don't understand basic political correctness in the sense, not being PC for the sake of PC. Hmm. Certain things are not done. That is, that is a discriminatory attitude. No, like what? What are you saying? Like the way they'll talk to someone. Yeah, the way they'll talk to, for example, um, it it could be community related. It could hmm. be. Uh, it's not really community related. It's more social strata related. Okay, okay. Like for example, they will call up someone and pretend to be a cop. Hmm. Now the thing is, in Delhi, yeah, a cop who talks to you like that, and if you belong to a certain social strata, hmm. you shit bricks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, course. because cops, like you know my views on cops, hmm. they are the most Indian police force is the most disgusting organization in the world, I think. The kind of shit they they, they yeah, do. Yeah. Now, let's see you call up someone who is a minister and, and do if, this and do that. Because he'd say, Acha, bata konse thane mein hai, main aake transfer karata and yeah. your vardi will be hanging on my flagpole. The point is that the politics of many hmm. of their gags is no, deeply no, there's flawed. No, yeah, yeah, there's no sense in that. And I've also realized, so when 94.3 was launched, they didn't have RJs. They just used to play music, English music. And uh, it was honestly very, it was a relief to listen to that channel because you didn't have someone chattering. And I feel bad for the RJs because now you can't just be quiet. You've been, that's your job, right? Mm. But they, because you have to talk for five hours, they also talk a lot. Even when they aren't talking to other people, they just talk a lot of rubbish. Yeah, but so then the, if I you, think they weigh in on issues that they clearly don't have enough information about. Not that we don't, but then. Yeah, but even then, <laughs> but we are very smart. I say it in my convent educated okay. voice. But uh, yeah, so that's not to say there aren't some very good radio jockeys. I think some of them are very gifted. But yeah, this, this trend of not understanding the politics of what you're talking about. And there is a politics to it. You can, you can say I'm not political, hmm. but you, you have a certain social politics that you're a product of. To be so unaware of it shocks me. The question last time, which I'm happy to say no one That's has got first. the... That's the first. It's becoming better and better. Last time was one answer, this time is zero. Mm. I had asked that who is the actor who wanted to play the role of Gandhi and he paid for his own screen test because no one could envision him as Gandhi and he didn't get the role, obviously, because Ben Kingsley got it. Now, everyone's written in, and not everyone, three to four people wrote in and they said, one person said, I guess it's Anthony Hopkins. Uh, and he's come up with a scenario, which I don't know of this scenario where he paid for his screen test and he told his dad and his dad said, so it's going to be a comedy, is it then? I don't know, this sounds very cool, but it didn't, that's not the one I'm talking about. Another person who gave an answer, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Said it with such confidence. This is so easy. My mom could have Googled it in her basic feature phone. But alas, Bhardwaj Upadhyay. This is incorrect. It's like being marne ke baad, patak se ekdam gire ho, tuara answer galat hai, meri jaan. So much for that then. So Dustin Hoffman might have wanted to play Gandhi, but... Marlon Brando actually paid for his own screen test. He flew up, he did the screen test. They nobody could see how he'd be Gandhi, but that is how much they people wanted to. Ja last tango in Paris yeah. kar, Quickly do it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But Bhardwaj Obatya, your mail which says, anyways, I really have a good time listening to your podcast. You might be inaccurate in facts on the stuff you talk about, but I don't come for facts or to know truth here. I don't know whether this is a real backhanded compliment. I like to see the banter between the hosts while going to current popular entertainment events and that's good 40 plus minutes in a week for me. Hmm. Answer, Dustin Hoffman, incorrect. Doesn't matter. So now we all know better, but now we have another film related question, which I'm hoping is not Googleable. Hmm. A very well-known film personality stopped editing his own film for one and a half weeks to act in Satyajit Ray's Shatranj Ke Khilari. Who was this person? And what was the film that he stopped editing? Alright, on that note, thank you Rajshri. I'm very impressed with the quality of questions. I see that the keen competition when I threatened to start doing questions has spurred you to up your game. I'll just tell you guys, I was thinking of putting a question and then I said, let me give Rajshri a chance. But I'll just put that question anyway. That's not the official question that Rajshri will... That's not the official. I like the official question. My question was, a certain very famous philosopher, European philosopher, did a cameo in an Indian film. Who was the philosopher and what film was it? Let's see if people get it. I don't know. Let's oh, see. Oh, see. oh, too much. Anyway, thank you, Mr. Sikri. Thank you, Ms. Sen. And it's a wrap. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.